الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله تعالى today is our last day for the دورة العلمية we're going to finish with إن شاء الله تعالى the كتاب الدورة البهية في المسائل الفقهية written by الإمام محمد بن علي الشوكاني رحمه الله تعالى we were in the middle of كتاب الصلاة and after inshallah ta'ala we finished the durar al-bahiya five or ten minutes inshallah ta'ala I just want to give a little reminder inshallah Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam qala al-musannifu rahimahullahu ta'ala wal-muftaridu bil-mutanafili wal-aks the author rahimahullahi says it is permissible and it's allowed for the mustarid, um, meaning the one who's pray, one leading on obligatory prayer, may lead ones who are praying a voluntary prayer and vice versa. It is permissible. The Imam can be praying wajib and the people are praying sunnah. And it can also be the opposite. That's what the author Rahimahullah mentions here. He says, فَأَمَّا الصَّلَاةُ الْمُفْتَرِضُ بِالْمُتَنَفِّلِ means what? That the Imam is what? It means the Imam is leading a Salah which is obligatory. So he's praying an obligatory prayer and someone has already prayed the obligatory but they're giving him Sadaqah. So this is permissible. We mentioned that yesterday. The Imam or the individual who's leading is not prayed yet. So he's praying his first time, but there isn't a person in the row who is what? That's permissible, he's saying the Sheikh. Also, the second is that the Imam is praying a what? He's praying a Sunnah, and the people are praying what? Wajib. Both are permissible. He says, Rahimahullah. And the evidence for this is the hadith that we mentioned, Is one of you not going to give sadaqah to this man? Lakin, um, the intention of the imam doesn't affect the intention of who? The one who is praying behind him. It doesn't affect him. Every one of them has their own intention. And that shows you that they don't have to be the same in terms of intention. As for the Imam praying a sunnah and the people are praying behind him obligatory, then this is the evidence in the hadith of Mu'ad, that Mu'ad would pray with the messenger and then he would go back to his people and he would lead them in the salah. So for him it was a what? It was a mutanaf, he was doing, a, he was doing nafilah. Voluntary prayer And they were praying what? The obligatory prayer um, 
That's what the author rahimahullah is standing his argument on. Here the scholars, they discuss an issue called, can this be common now? Can this be made consistent and continuous where a person is always the imam and he's already prayed and he's leading the people as a voluntary prayer and they are what? It's obligatory. Can this go on for, for, for can this be done like that? Mutlaqan. Bil istimrari dawam. Some of the people of knowledge, they say this is an innovation like Ibn al-Qayyim rahimullah in his tahdeeb al-sunan. Bil istimrari dawam. They say it's not permissible. It's an innovation. Because if there's a people who can't pray and that you're teaching them how to pray, okay, and that is the purpose behind it, then in this situation it's what? There's a maslaha in there. After a period of time, they should have learned how to pray the Isha or whatever Salah it is. Somebody from amongst them should be able to lead them. But to continuously be doing this, Da'iman and Abadan, it is one of those things that need evidence. You see, our religion is, if the Prophet allowed something to happen on a temporary basis, then it becomes permissible on a what? On a temporary basis. If he allows something on a permanent basis, it becomes permissible on a permanent basis. So you can't use the temporary permission for a what? A permanent, permanent permission. Like for example, sometimes the khatib, the khatib who's doing the khutbah, he can do the khutbah and he can let somebody lead the prayer. He can do that if he wants to. Can he do that all the time? Da'iman and abadan. Now that needs evidence now. So he leads the khutbah, he does the khutbah al Jum'ah. When he finishes, he tells us from another person, can you lead? Maybe I got a sore throat from the khutbah. Maybe I would like people to pray behind you. And etc. Right? He can do that. But for that to be consistent and continuous, it requires evidence. Now. Here the author says that it's obligatory. It is what? It is obligatory to keep up with the imam. You have to stick with the imam and follow him in the prayer as long as he doesn't fall and he doesn't come with what? Something that nullifies the something that nullifies the prayer. And the evidence for this is and another riwayah of Imam Bukhari says if he sits down in praying, all of you sit down and pray. If he prays sitting down, everybody should pray for sitting down. They should, they should follow him in this. Here the question is, and another hadith in the Prophet said, So the Imam needs to be followed. But is the Imam allowed to be followed, Methalan, if he's going to pray Isha, the fifth rak'ah he got up? And someone said to him, Subhanallah, and the Imam actually believes he's right, and he ignores the people, and he stands up for the fifth rak'ah. Are we allowed to follow him? <coughs> Do we go up for the fifth rak'ah? Based on the ahadith that we took? These evidences from the apparent, it does show that you have to follow the Imam, even in that circumstances. That you have to follow him in that in that circumstances. Like in, from Shokani's statement, he's of the opinion that, no, because that nullifies your prayer. You know, it will nullify your prayer if you pray Isha 5. 
all together, brothers. It's going to what? It's going to nullify your prayer. Because you came with something that is prohibited. Are we all together, brothers? So what you do is, you stay in that position until he comes back. You don't move, you stay there, you sit there, you wait for him until he comes to that position. And then you follow him from there. You don't finish the salah without him. You don't finish the salah without him. Naam. وَلَا يَأُمُّ الرَّجُلُ قَوْمًا هُمْ لَهُ كَارِهُونَ A person should not be an imam when the people who you're leading dislike you. They don't want you to lead them. You're forcing them. You're forcing yourself forward. You're forcing the people, I'm your imam. Everyone, stow, stow, taqarabu. And the people are saying, we don't want you. Please, go in the line. And you're forcing them. And you want, you're, you're leading with force. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, alayhi salatu wasalam, um, Allah does not accept a prayer from them Anyone who goes forward in for a people They don't like him And a man who comes to the salah at the ending That's another mis'ala we're going to go to The second point is A person who comes to salah once he's finished And the third one is وَرَجُلٌ اِعْتَبَدَ مُحَرَّرًا Another one is a one who takes um, he takes a slave he frees one of his slaves but he hides it from the people. What does he do? He frees his slave. Anyway, this hadith is ضعيف Abu Dawood and also Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah narrated in hadith in Abbas and this hadith is weak. But there's another hadith again that Tirmidhi narrated Three people, three types of people, the salah does not pass their ears. The slave that ran away from his master until he comes back. And the woman who slept at night, her husband is angry with her. And an imam of a people and they don't like him. They don't want him to be the imam. Anyway, this hadith is also weak. It's also... It's also weak. So this statement of the author is, وَلَا يَأُمُّ الرَّجُلُ قَوْمًا وَهُمْ لَهُ كَارِهُونَ It doesn't have no evidence. It doesn't what? It doesn't have no evidence. Uh, it has no evidence to support it. The important thing is that the imam is in line of the... أَنْ يَكُونَ مُوَافِقًا لِلشَّرْعِ That's what matters. As long as the imam is in line with the sharia, whether the people like him or hate him, doesn't matter. Okay? Whether they like him or, or hate him, there's nothing to it. Naam. The author here then says, the Imam is to observe a manner that's light on the people. And when he's leading, he should pray and lead the people in a manner that is what? In the easiest, the most simplistic way that he leads the people in the prayer. And this goes back to the hadith of Mu'adh. Afatanun anta ya Mu'adh. Mu'adh, are you a fatan? Are you trying to cause, cause problems? Are you trying to cause fitna? So the person shouldn't harm the people in the prayer. You should not harm the people in the what? In the prayer. Yeah. وَيُقَدَّمُ السُّلْطَانُ وَرَبُّ الْمَنْزِلِ The author then says here, 
the one that is given leadership in the imam and he sh- the individual who is told to lead is the ruler the ruler goes first and the owner of his house goes before anybody meaning no man uh, no one can lead you in your house even if they know the whole entire Quran no one can lead you in your house the Prophet said in the hadith of Abi Mas'ud al-Badri which is found in Sahih Muslim the people should be led by the one who knows the Quran the most if they are the same in the recitation of the Quran the one who knows the Sunnah the most look how important it is that the person is upon the Sunnah if they are the same in the Sunnah هِجْرَةً The one who migrated the first And if they are the same in the Hijrah سِلْمًا The one who what? Who took Islam first This is what concerns us from the Hadith الرجل A man should not lead another man في سلطانه In your own place you're a leader in your own house. وَلَا يَقْعُدُ فِي بَيْتِي عَلَى تَكْرِمَتِي إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ So what concerns us this part is وَلَا يَأُمَّنَّ الرَّجُلُ الرَّجُلَ A man should not lead another man in what? In his own house. You shouldn't lead another man in his house. Whether you know the whole entire Quran and he only knows three surahs in the Quran, the concept of applies when you are both in a place where it's neutral. In a neutral place. Does that make sense? <coughs> You're not allowed that place and he, he and you, who goes first? The one who knows the Quran the most. Like when you come to someone, someone's house, you are what? You are to pray behind him. If he lets you and say, okay, I give you permission to lead me in my... Then that's, you can. <coughs> no. What? The word The scholars they differed what is meant by it. Are we all together, brothers? And silman here, I said that it's what? Islaman. Now. Then the order the order is as follows. Al Aqra means the one who knows the what? The Quran the most. Then the one who has the most knowledge of the Sunnah. Then the one who is older in age. The one who is what? So look what he said. means here what? It means أَقْرَأُهُمْ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ The one who knows the Quran the most. And then after that is what? The Sunnah. That's why he said The one who knows the Sunnah the most. And then he said أَسَنُّ here he means what? Because there's two narrations in Muslim. One of the narrations in Muslim, it said, فَأَقْدَمُهُمْ سِلْمًا The one who took Islam first. And another wording, instead of Silman, what does it say? Sinnan. Says, instead of Silman, what does it say? Sinnan. So the author took which one? The other wording, which says Sinnan, age. No. وَإِذَا اخْتَلَّتْ صَلَاةُ الْإِمَامِ كَانَ ذَلِكَ عَلَيْهِ لَا عَلَى الْمُؤْتَمِّينَ بِهِ So here the question is, is, if the imam, or if something goes wrong with the imam's prayer, 
If there is something wrong with the Imam's prayer, the responsibility, is it only unique to him? The problem that occurred, is it to him alone or is everybody going to have that problem as well? The author, rahimahullah, he says, if there is a deficiency or if there is a problem in the prayer, then it is upon him, لا على المؤتمين به Not on those who are following him. If he comes with, for example, he hasn't got tahara or whatever reason it may be, it's to him, not to anyone else. لِقَوْلِ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَزَى فِي الْأُمَرَاءِ And the evidence the scholars like Shokani and others are standing on is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu And we took this before that the Muslims, they should pray behind the Muslim leader. They have to. And some of the leaders at that time, they were doing wrong things in the prayer. What were they doing? They were doing wrong things in the prayer. So what did the Prophet sallallahu command the companions when this fitna comes and this time comes to not show disunity, to still pray with the Imam. But what did he say? Yusalluna. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yusalluna lakum. Fa'in asabu falakum. They're going to lead you guys. If they get it right, it's for you. And it's for them as well. They get it right, and the prayer is good. Fa'in asabu falakum walahum. It's for them and it's for you. Wa'in akhta'u. If they do a mistake in the prayer, فَلَكُمْ وَعَلَيْهِمْ It's for them and it's nothing to do with you. Meaning the prayer is for you and the problem is upon them. Nothing is upon you. Al-Imam al-Bukhari narrated this in hadithi in hadith Abi Hurairah. Naam. وَمَوْقِفُهُمْ خَلْفَهُ إِلَّا الْوَاحِدَ فَعَنْ يَمِينِهِ The author then here mentions um, if the individual led in prayer is one person it's only one person, then they stand where? So if it's more than one person, and there are many, a lot of individuals, is that they pray behind him. If there are a lot, they pray behind him. That's well known. But if it's only one person, he says, they should stand on the right side of the, they should stand on the right side of the Imam. And this is the evidence, is the hadith uh, in Sahih al-Bukhari. We mentioned it, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu annahu waqafa ala yasari rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stood on what? the left of the prophet and what did the prophet do? fa'akadahu the prophet grabbed him then some of the narration mentioned min ra'si from his head and some of the narrations mentioned min udunihi from his ear grabbed by the ear and he took him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until he stood him in his right side are you with me brothers? the person who's praying with the imam la yataqaddam wa la yataakhar he doesn't go before the Imam and he's not in front of him when they, and he doesn't go behind him. They are both lined. So it's one line. Both of them together. I don't know if you, some of you guys have heard this but you go a bit behind the Imam. That's not correct. You both are with the Imam. You pray what? Um, an Imam uh, Muslim narrated the hadith is very long. Hadith of Jabir is mutawwal. It's a very long hadith. And Bukhari also narrated it. صلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بي وبجابر بن صخر فقمت على يسار رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فأخذ بيدي فأدارني حتى أقامني عن يميني ثم جاء ثم جاء جبار بن صخر فتوضأ ثم جاء فقام عن يسار رسول الله فأخذ رسول الله بأيدينا جميعا فدفعنا حتى أقمنا خلفه 
hadith of Jabir Abdullah, which is in Bukhari and Muslim, but the wording is the wording of an Imam Muslim. He said, I came and prayed with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I and Jabbar ibn Sakhrib, both of us. What happened was, I came and I stood on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's left. He took me and he put me on his right. And then what happened? Jabbar came from the wudu. He caught up with us. Where did he stand? He stand on the left. Then the Prophet said, what did he do? He took both of us. He pushed us back together. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He then... This is the statement of Shaykh Al-Imam Muhammad Ali Shawkani, which is, if the Imam, the person who's praying with him is one, then he's on his right. If it's two, they become, they go behind. They go, they go behind. As for if the space is tight, and there is no, what do you call it, space, then we mentioned yesterday, there can be one on the right and one on the Based on the hadith of Anas ibn Malik. Based on the hadith of a hadith of Anas ibn Malik. And Anas was on the right side of the Prophet. And the other companion was on the left. And the Prophet and behind them was Umu Haram was at the at the ending of the line. Now. So this is the line, this is the order of the line. The order of the line is um, what is it? What did you? What did you write? My copy says, "Wa'imamatu nisa'i wasatu safi," which is that the woman, which is leading the woman, what does she do? She's in the middle of the saf, meaning the women don't go forward. We mentioned that before. It has come from Aisha radiAllahu taala and Umm Salama radiAllahu taala an. Aisha has come from many different turuq and Umm Salama has come from tariqayni, two paths, two narrations which show that the woman when they lead, where do they stand? In the middle, in the sense where there's women on her left uh, on her right and on her left she's with them Naam. then the author says the men come first then the children and then the women this is based on the hadith of Abi Malik al-Ash'ari. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yaj'alu al-rijala quddam al-ghilman. That the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he would make the uh, men before the boys, the young kids. And behind the young boys he would make what? The, the women are the, uh, behind them. Wal-ghilmanu khalfahum wal-nisa khalf al-ghilmani. And the women would be at the ending. Naam. That's based on that hadith. And some of the scholars they weaken that hadith and some authenticated it. Naam. <laughs> the author then says, الصفي, the one who has the most right of the first line is who? The people who have the most right to be in the front line are the wise and the learned. Two characteristics. They are wise. They're learned. Why? Because if anything happens to the Imam, the, pay, the people behind should be able to, to do something very effective, something that's going to work. You don't want a person, when he's behind the Imam and something happens, just start screaming. Are we all together. It needs a person who's wise and he's learned, meaning he knows uh, if the Imam falls, what can he do? He can carry him from exactly where the Imam left off from. He's a half of the Kitabilah like that. 
That's based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, لِيَلِنِي مِنْكُمْ أُولُ الْأَحْلَامِ وَالنُّهَا The Prophet ﷺ said, let it come close to me, the wise and the learned. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ And then those who are after them. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ And those who come after. So the ahlam and the nuha, as I said, are what? The wise and the, and the learned. And this hadith, some of the scholars used it, that it's not permissible for the young kids to be behind the imam. But what they can be is they can be on the far right, on the far left. Okay? But right behind the imam, there's a, there's a, a nice... Maybe to this pillar, to this pillar. That's the first line. Anything beyond that, the children can be. Okay? وعلى الجماعة أن يسووا صفوفهم ويسدوا الخلل. خلل. الخلل. The author رحمه الله here he says the individuals of congregation must maintain the people praying they must maintain straightness they must maintain straightness and evenness in their rows they must maintain straightness and evenness in their row this is based on the hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم where he said سووا صفوفكم فإن تسوية الصفوف من تمام الصلاة بخاري مسلم both narrated it straighten the lines straighten the lines for verily the straightening of the lines is what? it's the completeness of the prayer it is the completeness of the prayer the Prophet said in another hadith صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تسوون صفوفكم you will straighten the lines and straighten the lines and straighten the lines أو ليخالفن الله Oh Allah Taala will make you divided. Will make you what? Will make you divided, meaning make you into different. One of the disunities that you're seeing amongst the Muslims are things like this. Those same people who champion for the Muslims need to unite. When you look at their prayer, you're amazed how far they are from one another, and the gaps that are between them. They're yes. They are champion for the Muslims to unite and the Muslims should work together and the Muslim. But when it comes to the line, they're the ones who say, why are, you bringing, why are you coming so close to me? Well, that's a weak opinion he'll say to you. It's that same individual. And then, what we have to understand is that these are the kind of things, inshallah, when we do, Allah will bring our what? Our hearts and minds together. The person who you couldn't even stand so close to, how are you going to unite with him? Are we all together? That's the concept. Are we all together, brothers? Psycho- psychologists, they say, not that it strengthens the hadith or anything, and it's not a mutaba or shawahid, uh, but it's a side benefit that you can just keep on the side. They say that one of the things that reduce division and friction is when people shake hands and they touch. Are we all together? It's a form of what? Tranquility and ease between two parties. Are we all together, brothers? The individual that you couldn't stand next to, meaning you, would, you gave them space, a good space between you and you and him, and you pushed away from. How can you then say we should unite and come together? That person is working against the unity of the Muslims. Now. The prayer, when you look at it, the, the Imam is saying that the line and the rows should be complete rows in order. The first row needs to be completed first before a new row is started. 
And that happens a lot, especially in masajids, uh, in countries like the Arab world, because the masajids are very big. And to see the side is very hard when you come in. Are we all together? You generally don't know there's two or two or one or two spaces, and I've seen that very commonly, that there's two spaces left there and people have actually started a new line. No one's looked. Everyone just started to make a new row. That row should be checked. Somebody should try to take it upon himself to check if what? Are we all together? And to do that sometimes it's very good that the person who's on there, if he sees someone coming, he just waves at him. So before he says Allahu Akbar that he what? He tries to make sure that that portion is complete, inshaAllah ta'ala. These are things that we want to make sure that we do. Is that rows should be complete. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said in the hadith, أَتِمُّ الصَّفَّ الْمُقَدَّمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِي يَلِيهِ فَمَا كَانَ مِن نَقْصٍ فَلْيَكُنْ فِي الصَّفِّ الْمُؤَخَّرِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, complete the first line. Complete a row before. Then the one after that. And then the one after that. If there's going to be a row that have less people, let it be the last one. Let it always be the last one. The first ones should always be complete. It should be complete. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, رُسُّوا صُفُوفَكُمْ وَقَارِبُوا بَيْنَهَا وَحَاذُوا بِالْأَعْنَاقِ The Prophet ﷺ, he said, come close to each other and be as close as you can to each other. Close. And bring your necks closer. The Sahabas, when these narrations came, they had a particular understanding from it. There was an understanding of the companions that they understood from the word صُفُوفَكُمْ Straighten your lines. Rusul Sufufakum. Come together and come close in the lines. The faham of the Sahabas was that they brought their knees, uh, sorry, their legs together. What did they do? They brought their legs and they clinked it together. And they brought their shoulders together. And some of the scholars they said this, even that though it's the companion's statement, and that's what they said, it has the hukm al-rafi. Because the Prophet saw them do this and he didn't want to object to it. Are we all together? Naam. Babu sujudi sahu. So now we're going to go into the sujudi sahu. We're going to now go into the sujud what? We're going to go into the sujud sahu. Before we go into, can we have somebody pray the salah for us? We need someone who can stand up, inshallah ta'ala, and pray the salah for us. Who should we choose? Who should we pick up? I'm somebody picked up on you, inshallah. Stand here, inshallah ta'ala, and face the, uh, we turn, yeah, face the camera, right? Yeah, face the camera. So now, start the salah how we took it from step one to the ending. Every, can everybody see Abd Samad? Abd Samad is tall, Allah Mbarik, so it's not a real prayer, no. Because you're not facing the Qibla. InshaAllah Ta'ala. So now raise your hands and show us the two spots where you can put your hand, where you raise your hands to. That's one. Explain it to the, let me give you this microphone. Explain to why you're doing it. So tell them you're putting your the hands where so the first one is till the earlobes, your fingers are in the earlobes level. The second one is near your shoulders, the level is near your shoulders. So this is your takbir. 
and then you join your hands, it can be your zira'ah. Yeah? So you place your right on your left, like this, from anywhere between the wrist to the elbow. Yeah, you can place it here. And you can place it here if you want to. Mm -hmm. He said all of these are, all of these are difference of opinion from here to here. There's khilafay, fadl. So again, the hands, what well, you are able, you can do it on your chest, on your. So remember, a lot of people what they do is the hands goes back and they do it like no, you don't need to do that. You can just do it like this. Your hands, it just has to be leveled. Okay, it just has to be leveled. Okay, it doesn't have to touch it. It just has to be leveled. So when you're placing your hands, when you're placing your hands, you don't have to stretch backwards or anything like that. All you have to do is what? Make it level, that's it. And it can be leveled a bit higher and a bit lower. This. And the hands go where? On the chest. So it goes on the chest. It can go a bit down. But we said the best one we like is what? We prefer that one, inshallah. Ta'ala. The hands, the palms, how does it go? The hand goes on where? It goes on the? It goes on the dira. The dira is from here to where? Here to here. Here to here. And then you go towards the ruku'. So when you do the ruku', the person should open their hands a bit wide. Unless you're praying in a salah where it's close and everybody's tight, then of course you tuck it in. But the asal is that you try to spread your hands out a bit. Okay? And your back is what? So what do you do with your hands when you're doing the um, ruku'ah? What do you do with your hands? You grab your knees. You don't place it on the knees. Are we all together, brothers? You grab it. You grab your knees. Grab it. And the back is what? And the head, can it look forward? Can it go in deep? I mean, can you? No. The head has to look at the The sujood and the back is? It's very straight. Okay. Then you got up. So first of all, we done the first takbir of Raf uh, Yadain. We, we the first hand was risen, and the second time it was done again. When was it? When he went for the? And now he got up. He did, he, he raised his hand again. Hey, what is he going to do now? So you see, now he's going to go down. This masala the author didn't go into, which is, should you go down on your knees first, or should you go down on your hands? Now this is the difference of opinion But that which seems to be strong Insha'Allah ta'ala is authentic Is that The hand should go first The narration That mentions the knees going first Seems to be what? It seems to be weak Okay The, the way that the person should go down is <clears throat> With their With their hands So go with your hands Good Once you go with your hands the face, how many parts of the body has to do the sujood? Okay, what are the parts that need to do the sujood? His two fingers, the two legs are doing the sujood. His palms are doing the sujood. His forehead and his nose is on the floor. His two knees are on the, on the floor. Hey, he, get up and... Okay, yeah, naam. Because the camera can't see it. Uh, his legs are a bit spread out, huh? But what should he try to do? Naam, Jameel. He should try to bring his... So you bring your legs a bit together. Okay? Like in some of the salaf, they used to kind of spread their legs out. Like in the sunnah is, and that which is from the... So turn around. 
Abdul Samad, the legs should come together. Yeah. So bring your two legs together. There you go. Amazing. So two legs are together. Two hands. And that's it. Abdul Samad, sit down for us. The first um, sajda. Uh, first tashahud. The first tashahud. Look at his legs. Can you all see how he sits? So he sat on the leg. And his leg is where? So the brothers on this side. So they can see. So he's sitting on the leg. Okay, what is he doing? He's sitting on the leg and this leg is standing. Does, has, did everyone see that? Okay, and the last tashahud, how do you do it? The last tashahud, how do you sit? Yeah, the, so last tashahud. Now let this stand again. And don't sit on your leg, sit on the floor. Uh, on the floor, on the floor. Were you sitting on your leg? That's it. Are you sitting on your leg? No, no, no. So do it like this. Your leg is like this, and you're not sitting on it at all. You're sitting on the floor. That's your last tashahud. Does that make sense? This is the last tashahud, and this is the this is the first tashahud. Are we all together, brothers? Like, and if you're in a tight position, you can do this. If you're in a tight position, meaning it's too tight, and people have made you tight. Like in none of this, okay? Do it like this. Does that make sense? If it happens that you're in a place where it's a bit tight, it's been narrated from some of, some of the Salaf, they, they used to make two of the legs stand. Okay? Abdul Razak mentions it in his Musannaf. Does that make sense? What about the finger when you stick it out? So the finger is, the opinion that we're going to push, uh, mention is, the minute the person starts the tashahud until the finishing, their finger is. When did the person put the finger down? When the imam does the first taslim. Are we all together? So when he says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, the person puts the finger down. Because what's over now? The prayer is, it's actually finished. If the imam wants to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah with one taslim and doesn't do the second, the salah is actually finished. And he can do that. We, huh? Ah, Jamil, good question. So, point out the finger for us. So, the finger, when you're, when you're moving the finger, Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, he said, this is called al-khafdu wal-rafdu. This is not called tahrik, which the narration is mentioning. It has to stand like this, and you have to move it fast in the spot, in the same place. Look at that. That's how it moves. Are we all together, brothers? Like that. This is not right. Or going in circles, or writing in the air, or something. All of that is... So the finger's like that, and he moves fast in the spot, in that same place. So it's split, yep, and you can do this. Yes. Does anyone have any questions? One more time, let's go to another mas'ala. You got up? So get up from your rukur, get up from the rukur. So you go to your rukur, get up from the rukur, raise your hands. Now where does that hands go? As a benefit, it's, it's a, again it's a what? It's a difference of opinion. Maybe another time we can have that discussion. But that which seems authentic is that it's like this. Are we gonna, okay, I'm going to go to the Ruku'ah again. Uh, Ruku'ah, I mentioned it. The hand spread out now. Every narration that the Prophet ﷺ and sujood and Ruku'ah, what were they? It was so much you can see his what? The whiteness of his armpits. Like in when you're in a problematic situation, you slightly tuck in. Okay? What do you do? 
You tuck in, you don't want to harm the people next to you. Like in the question here is, he said, Sami Allahu liman hamida. Where does he place his hands? Does he play it on the sides? Or does he place the hands on the chest? Both have come. None of them is an innovation. But the strongest opinion is that the hands are what? They should be put on the. So as soon as he says, Sami Allahu liman hamida, he should put his hands on the, on the sides and not on the. And not on the chest. That's a quick summary of the salah, inshallah. I used to just move it. So the movement is from the beginning to the end. The middle one's going to be the same one. It's the same one as Duhur. Like you said. Ha, when we. This two, the prayers which are two, like for example, Fajr. The, 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 how many tashahuds do you pray in Fajr? So is that the last or is that the first? In terms of sitting. Now, in terms of sitting, it's the first. The way you sit for the first tashahud for dhuhr is you pray because it's two rak'ah. And it's what you do for the two rak'ah of dhuhr. You don't sit on the floor. You sit on your leg. You sit on your, your leg. So, inshallah ta'ala, and this is the first prayer that we've... Has everybody understood this one? And then, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to learn the salatul khawf like that, inshallah ta'ala. Salatul, salatul khawf like that. Naam. Huh? Ha, women and men are the same in the prayer Men and women are what? There is no difference Okay In the Asian community, community They mentioned the woman has to tuck herself No, she spreads her hands out The way that the men have to Everything is the same Are we all together brothers? She prays exactly like the, the men The Prophet didn't give no exception to the women For over the, the men huh? No, you should spread out. When it comes to the surud, the person should spread out. But again, all of it goes back to what space have you been given? Abdullah ibn Umar, it was transmitted from him that it would sometimes become a necessity to pray in the back of another companion because of how tired he was. So whatever situation you give, you work with. But in, an, in a normal situation that you have, you spread yourself out, you spread your hands out so much as much as you're able to. We'll take all the questions at the end, inshallah. Hayya. The author, rahimahullah, goes for the babu sujood al-sahwi, the prostration due to forgetfulness. We're now going to go into the chapter of prostration due to forgetfulness. We'll carry on this, inshallah, after the prayer, bi-idhnillahi al-kareem. So the author, rahimahullah, he went into babu sujood al-sahwi. He went into the prostration due to forgetfulness. وَهُوَ سَجْدَتَانِ قَبْلَ التَّسْلِيمِ أَوْ بَعْدُهُ The author, rahimahullah, he mentions وَبِحْرَامٍ وَتَشَهُدٍ وَتَحْلِيلٍ The author says, 
that their prostration due to forgetfulness it is comprised of two prostrations one done before the taslim and one done after the uh, taslim so there's one before it and then one is after it the sujood al-sahwi is li-jabri ma hasala fi salah it's meant to and the purpose for it is um, to mend the purpose for sujood al-sahwi is to actually mend the reduction or the increase that happened in the prayer the person either reduced or the person he added onto the prayer so the sujood al-sahwi is to what? it is to mend that also a doubt if it happens to you as well sujood al-sahwi is also done or a whisper of shak comes to you all of that has been transmitted from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The author then says وَبِإِحْرَامٍ بِإِحْرَامٍ here means with a takbir وَلِذَلِكَ حَدِيثٍ of Abu Hurairah in the story of قِصَّةُ ذُو الْيَدَيْنِ This hadith is very long Bukhari and Muslim both narrated it it was a time which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he did a mistake in the prayer and Dhul Yadain reminded the Prophet Alayhi Salatu Alayhi So the Messenger what did he do? فَرَجَعَ فَصَلَّ الرَّكْعَتَيْنِ The Prophet the two rak'ah that he missed he prayed it ثُمَّ كَبَّرَ and then he done takbir فَسَجَدَ مِثْلَ سُجُودِهِ like the sujood he normally does or even a bit longer and then he went up he raised his hand uh, head and then he done another sajda, just like his normal sujood or even a bit longer. So the person, they say Allahu Akbar for the sujood sahwi. And it's like a normal, it's like a normal sujood. Um, the author then says the person does a tashahud. What does he do? He reads a tashahud. Three hadiths came in this regard. Three ahadiths have came, come regarding this, all of which are weak. Not one of them is authentic. And all of the ahadiths which are found in Bukhari, <coughs> I mean the hadiths are found in Bukhari and Muslim, it doesn't mention the tashahud. So the tashahud is not, it's not something to be done. As for the, uh, the tahleel, which is, um, to basically, the, it's the conclusive to leave the prayer basically. It has come from the Prophet والسلام, based on the hadith of Abdullah Abdullah ibn Mas'udin. He said, Salla bina Rasulullah, the Messenger led us. Khamsan five. He did a mistake and he led five. And then he said, Innaka sallayta khamsan. They said to him, Oh Messenger of Allah, you prayed five. Then the Prophet said, What did he do? He did sujudu. Sujudu sahwi. And then what did he do? Thumma. Sallam he done taslim. And look what the Prophet said after that. He said, Inna ma'ana bashar, I'm a human being. Mithlukum like you all. Ansa, I forget. Kama tansawna like you all forget. Fa'idha nasi'a ahadukum, if one of you forgets, fa'liyasjud sajdatayni to do the sahwi. 
So the Prophet ﷺ, does he know the ilm al-ghayb? He only knows what Allah wants him to know. He doesn't know anything. Beyond that. He doesn't know anything beyond that. He only knows what Allah wants. Alim al-ghaybi. Alim al-ghaybi fala yudhiru ala ghaybihi ahada illa illa man irtaba min rasooli fa inno yasluku min bayni wa min khalfihi rasada. Only that which he knows is what? He only knows what Allah wants him to know. قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُ عَالَمُ الْغَيْبَ لَاسْتَكْثَرْتُ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ وَمَا وَمَا مَسَّنِيَ السُّوءُ قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ الْغَيْبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Only Allah is the one who knows. So this is unique for who? Allah Azza wa Jalla. Ilm al-ghayb. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is what? إِنَّمَا قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى I brought this ayah for one brother one time. I said to the Prophet, it's a human being. And subhanAllah, I have never seen anyone, some people, the way they come up with things, it's ajeeb. You know what he said to me? He said, I said to him, قُلْ I said to him, Allah said, قُلْ إِنَّمَا قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مَشَرٌ He said, this ayah is not a proof for you, rather it's against you. Because the ayah says, I am nothing except a what? Except a human being like you. He said, the ayah is against you. The ayah is, قُلْ إِنَّ قُلْ Satan Muhammad, إِنَّ verily, مَا I am not بَشَرْ I'm not a human. مِثْلُكُمْ like you. Ajeeb. I was like, Wallah, shaitan can send wahi to people different ways. Ajeeb. So, he broke down إِنَّمَا when it was meant to be what? Together, meaning verily. Ah, بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى ويشرع لترك مسنون وللزيادة ولو ركعة سهوا وللشك في العدد The author says رحمه الله ويشرع It is legitimized It's permitted It is legislated The author is saying لترك مسنون for leaving out an act of sunnah. If a person leaves something which is sunnah, it's legislated. Also, ziyada For an uh, unintentional addition that a person added onto the prayer one extra rak'ah, also it's permitted for you to do sujood al-sahwi. shak, And also, it is led, uh, legislated and it's permitted sujood al-sahwi to do it if a person is in a doubt in number. He doesn't know how much he did. So this which the author is now talking about is Mata Yushra'u When is Sujood Sahwi permissible? When is it permissible? And the author Rahimahullah he mentioned the times that it's permissible. Number one is when a person forgets. I mean he forgets something. He leaves something meaning he forgets. Because the word and nisyanu fi asli al-lugha, what is it? Nisyan in the original Arabic language is what? To leave something. Are you with me, brothers? And the leaving of something is what? The asal is a tarku. So the asal of nisyan is what? Tarku. Walidalika, some of the scholars, when it came to the ayah, وَمَنَ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ فَإِنَّ لَهُمْ عِيشَةً ضَنْكًا وَنَحْشُرُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَعْمَى قال رب لما حشرتني أعمى وقد كنت بصيرا قال كذلك أتتك آياتنا فنسيتها وكذلك اليوم 
Tunsa, today you'll be left. Can we say it's a characteristic of Allah to forget? Why? Because the Nisyan in the Arabic original language, what does it mean? We're going to leave you. That's what it means. When somebody says to you, you say, Akhi, bring your uh, this, 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 this tomorrow. And he comes up to you and he says to you, Akhi, I forgot. What is he trying to say to you? I, I left it. So the word Nisyan, what does it mean? It's to leave something. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيًّا So, Nisyan originally in the Arabic language, it means to, to leave something. So if somebody forgets something, meaning he leaves something, فَإِذَا نَسِيَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلْيَسْجُدْ سَجْدَتَيْنِ He forgets something in the prayer, what, did he, what should he do? He should pray uh, to sajda. The sahwi ama the forgetfulness can be from what? Either leaving of something, and it can also be, as the scholar said, by adding on to something, or reducing something, it can be any of those. And doubt also enters that. Also the Prophet ﷺ, what did he say? If a person is doubtful, how much did I just pray? Did I pray three or four? Get rid of the doubt. And the person should what? Let him build it upon which is sure. Which one are you sure? And which one are you doubt? Build your argument on that one. So I'm sure i done three. But I don't know. Did I add the fourth one or did I not? I know I did three. But did I do the fourth or not? Build your argument on which one? وَلْيَبْنِ عَلَى مَسْتَيْقَنَا Build it upon the one you're certain about. ثُمَّ اسْجُدْ Then prostrate. أَمَا ثُمَّ يَسْجُدُ سَجْدَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَسْلِمَ أَمَا قَبْلَ أَنْ يُسْلِمَ Before he does his taslim, he does a sajdatayni. So this is where the doubt one comes from. What about if a person has the concept of excessive forgetfulness? He's very bad with his memory. He's all, there's not a salah he prays except he forgets. Are we all together, brothers? Um, Shaykh ibn Uthaymin says, ta'ala, if a person has that problem, they put a rock in their pockets, little rocks. Every rak'ah they throw one. Every rak'ah, every rak'ah they throw one. In my head I said, what about if he forgets to throw the rock? <laughs> when I had the fatwa, it could be right. It's a good question. What about if you forget to throw the rock? So that's what Shaykh Abu Rahimullah said. وَإِذَا سَجَدَ الْإِمَامُ تَابَعَهُ الْمُؤْتَمُ If the Imam does a sujood, the follower, the person who is praying behind the Imam, whether he understands why the Imam did it or not, what does he do? He follows it because it could have been a doubt in his heart. جُعِلَ الْإِمَامُ لِيُؤْتَمَّ بِهِ فَلَا تَخْتَلِفُوا عَلَيْهِ Follow him in the sujood al-sahwi. Like you see the salah was fine, there's nothing that went wrong. But you don't know in his heart, it could it be a, a shak? Now. Now we're going to go into the chapter of making up missed prayers. Making up missed prayers. Qada, what does it mean originally? There's, there's a couple of words that you have to know the difference between. First of all, the word qada, it means, it means to bring back something that has gone. That's what it means. The person is praying or he's coming with an act outside the time that it was legislated. Okay, he's bringing it back. 
Which one? Which one? The T? Or when you do it before and after Taslim. The scholars generally mention, a lot of scholars mention, one is done if you add on the prayer and one you do it if you reduce the prayer. That's one call. And a lot of the scholars, like myself, no problem. Both are implemented by the Prophet ﷺ. You can do it both the way you want. It doesn't change anything. Qabla or ba'du. So here they have to know the difference between the word al-qadha. The word al-qadha. Qadha means to bring back something you missed. This is the different, is different to what? Al-ada. Ada and qadha are two different. You have to know the difference. The ada means you did it in the, in the time that the sharia permitted it or the sharia designated for it. Praying dhuhr at its time, it's ada. Like in bringing it back outside its timing, it's called a what? Qada. It's called a qada. Here the question is, we know if the person missed that prayer out of forgetfulness. Or they missed that prayer because they slept. Or they thought that they prayed but they realized they didn't pray. Those three we mentioned is permissible. Are we all together? Number one is that he slept. The second one is that he actually forgot the prayer. The third that he did a mistake thinking he prayed but he didn't pray. Are we all together brothers? Those are inshallah with the evidences they are permissible for him to bring it back. What is it? Permissible for him to bring it back. He's allowed to. But what about if a person deliberately watches the prayer go and he looks at the time and he knows the salah came in and out of his negligence he watches the prayer go out does he bring back the prayer? The strongest opinion is that he's not going to bring that prayer back. If he did it deliberately he doesn't bring back that prayer. Limada. The scholars are of two opinions. The first opinion of scholars, they say that he has to bring it back because of the hadith The debt of Allah is more befitted for the person to bring back. Since it's a debt, you have to bring back the debt. Are we all together, brothers? Like in the second group of scholars, they say, wait. The salah, for this time, there was evidence that Duhur is prayed from this time. We took it last lesson, right? and the akhir the beginning of Dhuhr and the ending. You now need a new evidence to show us that Dhuhr can be prayed now. Are we all together, brothers? You now need to prove us, begin us an evidence that Dhuhr can be prayed at this time. Or else there would be no importance of the salah being given what? A timing. And the ayah been saying, in the salah al-mu'minina. And that's the strongest opinion. So what does the person have to do? He has to come with a lot of nawafil. A lot of nawafil, voluntary prayers in order for Allah Taala to forgive him for what he has done. So he comes with a lot of he comes with a lot of um, so this this new requirement that these scholars are saying which is you have to pray it now since you missed it deliberately this needs a new evidence you can't be using the old evidences for what? وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاءَ أَنْتَ are you with me brothers? 
specific to a particular issue. This is another ibadah. And you cannot do analogy in ibadah. Okay, brothers? We took this before, didn't we? You can't. So this issue is specific to the debt and when you have to pay a person's debt, are we all together? And this issue is talking about the salah that has gone by deliberately. You saw the time go. You saw it with your two eyes. You watched it. Okay? And it now went and it finished. What do you have to do? You have to bring it back. So you can't bring it back. You cannot bring it back. And anyone who says you have to bring it back has to give you a new evidence. He can't give you the evidence of وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ and you know, etc. You have to stab. No, no. Those evidence are for the prayer in its, in its time. So that seems to be an a issue. And I think if you guys go to the kitab أَصَّلَاةُ وَحُكْمُ تَرِكُهَا وَحُكْمُ تَرِكِهَا written by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah it's a very good book. He has a nice research on that issue. Now, إن كان الترك عمدا لا لعذر فدين الله أحق أن يقضى. The author, you see, he's trying to say you have to bring it back. You still have to bring it back. He's saying, but we showed that that's not a strong opinion. Aye. وإن كان لعذر فليس بقضاء بل أداء في وقت زوال العذر إلا صلاة العيد ففي ثاني. Now the author goes into if a person is bringing back a prayer because they what? They slept. Or a, a reason he has. Is he doing qada or is he doing ada? I woke up, Maghrib's gone. Isha came in. Is it called a qada or is it called ada? The Shaykh is saying, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, it's ada. Because now the salah came in for me. Are we all together, brothers? The time came in for me. Except um, Salatul Eid. Are we all together, brothers? Except what? Salatul Eid. Um, you don't have to bring it back now. Now. Now we're going to go into the Salatul Jum'ah, the Friday prayer. We're now going to go into the Friday, we're going to go into the Friday Jum'ah. So this is the 12th chapter, right? The 11th chapter. And we've got four more chapters to go now. تَجِبُ عَلَى كُلِّ مُكَلَّفٍ إِلَّا الْمَرْأَةَ وَالْعَبْدَ وَالْمُسَافِرَ وَالْمَرِيضِ The Salatul Jum'ah is obligatory upon everyone. Everyone has to pray it. Okay? Every mukallaf. Mukallaf is what? What did we say? Aqil, Balik. Everyone who's reached age of puberty and everyone who's got sanity. Except who? Except four. Four types of people, Jum'ah is not wajib on them. The first one is what? Illa al-mar'ata, the woman. Two. Wal-abda, the slave. Three. Wal-musafara, the traveler. Four. وَالْمَرِيضَ This ill one. Other than them, the prayer is obligatory on them. Allah Taala He said, يَا إِيَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نُودِيَ لِصَلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ فَسْعَوْ 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 is a what? It's a hukh, it's a amr. وَالْأَمْرُ تَقْتَضِي الْوُجُوبِ The amr, what does it show? Obligation. فَسْعَوْ إِلَى إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَارُ الْبَيْعِ Shops have to be closed. وَلِذَلِكَ You're not allowed to sell and buy at that moment. 
it's haram. The selling and the buying at that moment, giving, and the adhan just went off, it's haram. You have to put the product down, both of you, and make this transaction after the prayer. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Al-Jum'atu haqqun wajibun. The Jum'ah is a obligatory right of Allah Taala ala kulli muslimin fi jama'atin illa arba'atan. Except for abdun mamlukun aw imra'atun aw sabiyun aw marid. These are the four that the Prophet mentioned. Who is it? Abdun, mamluk, a slave that's owned. Aw imra'a or a woman, aw sabiyun or a child, aw marid, the one who's ill. Those are, it's not obligatory on them. And the musafir, is not mentioned in the hadith, right? The musafir, it's correct and the author's view is very strong, which is, there's no jum'ah upon a traveler. He doesn't have to pray jum'ah. He doesn't have to pray the salatu. Al-Jum'ah um, And the evidence for this is that the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed Dhuhr And he prayed Asr In Hajjatil Wada' The day of Arafah What day was Yom Arafah that day? It was on a Friday He prayed which prayer? Dhuhr and Asr So what did he do? He left? He left Jum'ah Naam وهي كسائر الصلوات لا تخالفها إلا في مشروعية الخطبتين قبلها it's like Salatul Jum'ah is like the other prayers. It doesn't go against it except in something, which is that it has it has two khutbah. It has what? It has two khutbah. Are we all together, brothers? It has two khutbah. So you pray in what way? You pray like you pray Karak'atayil Fajr. There's no difference between that. The Two khutbah for Jum'ah, is it voluntary or is it obligatory? Is it obligatory or is it voluntary? It's obligatory. Because the Prophet ﷺ, what did he prohibit inside it? What did he make haram inside the khutbah? Speaking. If it wasn't wajib, then there wouldn't be something made haram inside it. Are you with me, brothers? That shows that it's obligatory to listen to the Imam. Are we all together, brothers? Wahiya and the author says, Kasair salawati, it's like the other prayers. Which is what? Any other way that we spoke about how you pray the other salah, you pray salatul jum'ah, that you pray like that. Um, the numbers and everything. So the author is of the opinion that salatul jum'ah is a what? It's taking the place of what? Dhur. And Ahlul Ilmi, they differed on this issue. They differed. Whether the Salatu al-Jum'ah and Dhuhr are taking each other's place or whether Jum'ah is a what? It's, an, it's another prayer other than Dhuhr. Whichever of the opinions that you hold, um, if you believe it's taking the place of Dhuhr, then you have to pray at what time? The time of Dhuhr. And if you believe it's not, then you, can, you believe that you pray it qabla zawal shams before the Zawal. One time do you pray Dhuhr? Ba'da Zawal al-Shams. So if you believe it's not, it's another ibadah, you'll take the opinion of those scholars who believe it's what? Qabla Zawal al-Shams. They say that you, um, and this is the overwhelming majority of scholars, they see it to be Qabla Zawal al-Shams. And Imam al-Bukhari, who chapted um, in his opinion, in his, in his sahih, from some of the companions, Umar ibn Khattab, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Nu'man ibn Mashir, Amr ibn Hurais, and others, that this is, that this is the opinion. Now, 
وعلى من حضرها ألا يتخطى رقاب الناس. The author then says the one who comes, the one who attends the prayer should not, he should not um, um, push the people's necks. What does that mean? There's some people who come late and he's telling people move away and he wants to go in the front line. If you've come late, sit where you find space. Don't cause harm to the people. ولذلك the Prophet said in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Busr جاء رجل يتخطى رقاب الناس A man came and he was pushing the people's necks aside on the day of Jum'ah and the Prophet was given a khutbah فقال له رسول الله The Prophet said to him اجلس فقد آذيت Sit down, you've caused harm. Sit down, you're causing the people harm. So the people are trying to listen and you're coming, you're moving their necks. You're like, space, give them space. Or what are you even telling them? It's a little space that they were sitting and they were... You're like, move aside. Can I? I'm going to sit. I'm going to... He's very tight. You, but it's a khutbah. You can't talk, so you become tight. So, adiyatul mu'mini is what? Muharrama. Harming the believers is what? It is prohibited. Now. The person should be quiet. When the khutbah is being done, you're not allowed to speak. The Prophet sallallahu said in the hadith of Abi Hurairah, إِذَا قُلْتَ لِصَاحِبِكَ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ If you say to your friend or the person you're with or the person next to you, the day of Jum'ah, if you say to him, sit, be quiet. The Prophet said, وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبْ And the Imam is doing the khutbah, فَقَدْ لَغَوْتَ Then what you've done is laghwi. What you've come with is laghwi. Also the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Aas, مَنْ اِغْتَسَلَ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ Anyone who showers on the day of Jum'ah and he takes a perfume and he places it on himself and he wears I'm sorry and then he wears the best of his clothing and then he doesn't push the people's necks aside and he doesn't what do you call it وَلَمْ يَبْلُغْ عِنْدَ الْمَوْعِدَةِ كَانَتْ كَفَارَةً لِمَا بَيْنَهُمَا وَمَنْ لَغَى وَيَتَخَطَّى رِقَابَ النَّاسِ كَانَتْ لَهُ ظُهْرًا And the person comes وَلَمْ يَلْغَى عِنْدَ الْمَوْعِدَةِ And whilst the speech of the khutbah is going on, he doesn't speak to anyone and he doesn't converse with anybody. كَانَتْ كَفَارَةً This is going to be an expiation for him. For one jum'ah to the other jum'ah. The Prophet then says, anyone who does speak and does that, then this becomes a sin over the person. Even the Prophet ﷺ went on to saying that anybody when the khutbah is being done, he plays with rocks and pebbles. He falls under those who have done love. The Prophet ﷺ said, And Imam Muslim narrated in the hadith of Abi Hurairah. So you're not allowed to do anything you need to watch the khutbah. So what will fall under that today is using your phone, or messaging, or texting. It falls under that. And it's recommended for the person to do what? To come very early and to be there as early as the person can, can come. The person should make himself smell very nice. He should beautify himself this day and he should become as close as he can to the Imam. Some people, there's space here, they just sit at the back. You know why they do that? They want to leave quickly. They want to leave very quickly. That's very problematic. Now. So the, sorry, the evidence for the tib is Sorry, the evidence for the tib is 
ثم يخرج فلا يفرق بين اثنين ثم يصلي ما كتب له ثم يوسط إذا تكلم الإمام إلا غفر له ما بينه وبين الجمعة الأخرى الحديث البخاري الحديث السلمان ومن شاء بفور أن حديث for the beautification is من اغتسل يوم الجمعة ومس من طيب امرأتي إن كان لها ولبس من صالح ثيابه the third one is the coming close to the imam is the hadith of al-imam Muhammad in his musnad man ghasala yawm al-jum'ah wa ghtasala thumma bakkara wa abtakar wa masha wa lam yarkab wa dana min al-imam fastama'a wa lam yalga kana lahu bi kulli khutwatin amalun sanatin ajru siyamiha wa qiyamiha he gets the reward of a whole year's fasting and a whole year's what? praying the author then says wa man adraka rak'ata minha faqad adraka rak'aha faqad adraka Anyone who reaches a rak'ah from the Jum'ah, he has reached the whole of the Jum'ah. He's reached with the Imam. You've reached everything. If you don't reach any portion of the prayer, if you don't, sorry, if you don't reach a rak'ah, where do you, where do you count? You've missed a what? Here the question is, what is considered to be the rak'ah? Is it from the ruku' onwards? Or is it from the fatiha? It's from the Fatiha. Okay, that's the strongest opinion, by the way, brothers. But some of the scholars, they hold the opinion that the Ruku' is a what? It considers a? It considers, a, it considers that a Rak'ah. Like in the strongest, is if you don't read Surah Al-Fatiha, brothers, what is it? No Salah for you. Are we all together, brothers? So, you have to... This is a Khilafi issue. Some scholars are saying, no, from the Ruku' it's considered a Rak'ah. Some scholars are saying, no, it's not. Since there's a difference of opinion, just bring it back. Bukhari and Abu Huraira were of the opinion that you have to bring that rak'ah back. And some of the other scholars, they believe that you, you don't bring it back. Just bring it back to be on the safe side. Now. The day of Eid, the day of Eid, Jum'ah becomes a what? Rukhsa, it's a what? It's a ruqsa, meaning you can do it if you want to. If you want, you can pray. You choose whichever of those you want to pray based on the hadith of Zayd ibn Arqam. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the Prophet said, Man sha'a yujammi' fal yujammi'. Whoever wants to do tajmi' come, you can if you want to. So, Jum'ah and Eid coming together, one goes and the other one stays. Beautiful. How do you reconcile between those who say that Tahiyatul Masjid is not obligatory and what? The Prophet commanding the what? The man in the Khutbatul Jum'ah saying, stand up. And the, the man stood up and he prayed. Was this command obligatory or was it because the Prophet wanted a recommended act for this man? This is the Khilaf right now, sah? Was it when he was commanding him, was he commanding him because he's obligatory, he has to do it? Or was he commanding him because he wanted to do what? Push him to a recommended act. Some of the views of the scholars is based on the other hadith. Him saying that only five daily prayers are obligatory shows that this is what? His command here is what? Recommendation, not obligation. It is a what? It's a recommendation. That he's recommending it for him. Prescribing it for him. And maybe the Prophet knew that this man, this man, this may be a rule he may not know of, the Tahrir al-Masjid. So he wanted to teach him that the Tahrir al-Masjid is something to be done. The reason why we say that is because we want to reconcile between two, the two evidence. Are we all together? If we say that the Tahrir al-Masjid is wajib, 
what are we going to do with the hadith that says five daily prayers are obligatory? How, do, how would you be able to reconcile between the two? Now, now we're going to go to Salatul Eidain. What does Salatul Eidain mean, brothers? Uh, the believers only celebrate how many Eid, brothers? Are you sure? What about New Year? Salatul Eid and Salatul Salatul Eidul Fitri and Eidul When Nabi Muhammad came to Medina and he saw the people celebrating, what did he say to them? What did he say to them? He said, what is this that you are doing? And they said, this is the Eid and celebration we used to do before Islam. And then the Prophet he said to them, Inna Allaha These two Eids, Allah has exchanged them. Meaning, get rid of them. What has he exchanged it with? Eid al-Fitri. And then these are the only ones we've been given as Muslims. صح? These are the only ones we've been given. And today, for, to be lenient on the concept of Eid, very sad. Especially the fact that some of these celebrations, like Christmas and other celebrations, are basically what, brothers? They're saying God is born. This is the day God was born. And you're saying happy Christmas to somebody. Saying happy, happy that God was born. Are we all together? And from the country that we're from, the UK, they actually respect you if you don't celebrate their birthday. They know that. I'm Muslim, I don't celebrate this. Thing. Are we all together, brothers? They accept it. They're fine with that. They have no problem with you not celebrating it. But we're very apologetic Muslims. We want to make everybody happy. Uh, we want to make everyone happy. So, no. We don't celebrate it. It rather angers us for someone to say about Allah that he, this was the day he was born. That's what they're trying to say. Jesus to them, God, God was born today. صح? If somebody said something like that about your parent, how would you feel? And disrespected your parent uh, in a way that wasn't nice. What, what would your response be? Is Allah not more beloved to you than your parents? Should be more beloved to you. So we don't offend anyone, but we just don't respect this. We don't respect it. In other words, we don't beat people up. But this celebration is not a respected thing in our eyes. Is it respected? The word respect is wrong. You don't use that word respected. Christmas is not respected to us. But it's a, it's a situation we'd be put into face and we're just working with it. We don't beat them up, we don't go to their parties and beat them up and fight with them and physically harm them. Nor do we greet it, nor do we respect the idea of God being said this about. Are we all together, brothers? Ah. So it's Christmas and other New Year and Christmas, Christmas is worse. Because it's a, it's a, it's a false celebration and also it's what? It's an it's a, it's a, it's a Eid, which is wrong, Asal and we don't believe in. And secondly, it's also a lie about who? Allah Azawajal. Whereas New Year's is only what? It's just a celebration. Unless it has any religious connotation to it, that's something else. Does that make sense? So we don't have it. As Muslims, we have to believe in our Tawheed and our Aqeedah. We don't believe in all of this. We believe only Eid al-Fitri and Eid al-Adha. Okay? What is the ruling of Eid al-Adha? What is it? It's Sunnah Mu'akkada or is it obligatory? Is it obligatory or is it? Is Eid al-Adha and Eid al-Fitri is it obligatory? If you say it's Sunnah Mu'akkadah, why would the Prophet force the women on their menses to come out? It's Sunnah, brothers. That was our Qa'idah. What's the Qa'idah? Five daily prayers that are made obligatory. Anything other than that was what? That's our Qa'idah. Hadith Talhat al Ubaidillahi. So if you believe Jum'ah is a what? It's different from? Dhuhr, then that argument would work. But if you believe Jum'ah is Dhuhr, 
Are we all together, brothers? That's a mas'ala. You see? You have to... Mas'ail go into one another. Hiya? Hiya rak'atani fi al-ula sab'u takbiratin qabla al-qira'ah wa fi al-thaniyati khamsun kathalika wa yakhtubu ba'daha. See, here issue is the Salatul Eidain. How do you pray it? Sab'a takbirat. Before the recitation of the Fatiha. Seven. Seven hands. And the second is how many? And he does the khutbah. When does he do the khutbah? Okay, does the khutbah have two stands or one stand? I, when I did last, the last khutbah, I just stood up twice. But I personally believe it's only one stand. But I didn't want to bring her forward and everybody's like, what happened? The religion got changed. <laughs> so, are we all together? But or, it's normally one stand best. The Imam just does one and there's no second one. It's not like anyone who says his two needs to bring a dalil. The dalil is on his neck. It's only one stand. It's only one stand that you stand for the you stand only one for the for the khutbah to, khutbah. Let me finish the because uh, I want to go quickly. I was told I have to finish by 15. Now. Uh, it's highly recommended to beautify yourself. It's highly recommended to what? That one beautifies himself. The Prophet uh, he So it's beautiful so beautification for that day is highly recommended. Is it recommended for the women to beautify themselves? Naam, but they're not allowed to show it. Okay, they are not allowed to. For them they beautify themselves in places where there is no exposure to the world in their own households and in family in front of their family relatives they should beautify themselves like in the women should stay away from they should stay away from they should stay away from placing perfumes on themselves or wearing clothing that has what ah that has attraction when coming out on the day of eat all of that which they can wear at home they can wear it for their husbands they can do it in the house but that day outside, they have to what? They have to cover themselves. Hmm. And the Eid should be done in a what? It should be done in a place which is a musalla, an open place. It should be done in a what? The park or something like that. Because the Prophet that's what he always did. But if it's done in the masjid, it's also can be done. But sunnah is what? The musalla. If you know there's two options, there's a musalla being done in your own local, local and they're doing it, or there's a masjid, which one do you, should you take? Take the musalla. The Prophet on the day of Eid, he would change the road that he took. So if he went on one road, he would take the opposite. Based on the hadith in Bukhari and hadith Jabir. And the day of Fitr, before you leave, you should. Why? Because before Eid al-Fitri was what? Ramadan. Ramadan, you, you were not eating, right? Are we all together, brothers? So what do you do? You eat. Um, based on the hadith of Anas ibn Malikin, in Sahih al-Bukhari, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ لَا يَغْدُوا يَوْمَ الْفِطْرِ حَتَّى يَأْكُلَ التَّمَرَاتٍ قَالَ وَيَأْكُلُ وِتْرًا And the way that he would eat is that he would eat 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, whatever, odd. So these are sunnahs that need to be what? Revived. 
And the timing in which it should be prayed is when? After the sun rises. When should it be prayed? It should be prayed after the sun rises to the altitude of a spear. He said, until the meridian. Naam. And there is no adhan or iqama done in the salatu. Benefit here now, brothers, take this on board. What is the evidence that there's no adhan and iqama in Salatul Eidi? Can anyone bring me any evidence that the Prophet said you can't do adhan and you can't do iqama for Salatul Eid? Now, look at my question. Did the, is there any evidence that shows the messenger said to the companions, do not do adhan or iqama for Salatul Eidain? No, you will never find it. What did the Sahabas use as the evidence to not do adhan and iqama? Until today we don't do Adhan and Iqamah What is it that we use to say that you're not allowed to do it? The fact that the Prophet left it The fact that and Then we're using as a proof that he didn't do it We don't have no evidence of him saying you can't do it We're using his tarq We're using his what? Look at the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah He said Lam yakun, He wasn't Yu'addinu yawm al-fitri wa la yawm al-adha That's what he said uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, uh, he led the people and he didn't do Adhan Iqama. Jabir ibn Samura, what did he say? Salaytu ma'a Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salat al-Eidayni ghayra marratin wa la marratin. More than once, twice, three times, four times. A lot of times I prayed with him. Min ghayri adhanin wa la iqama. No Adhan and no. Then learn this qa'ida. Inna nattabi'u sunnata fi'lan wa tarka. We follow the sunnah in what? In whatever the Prophet did, we do. Whatever he left, we leave. And our evidence is the fact that the Prophet didn't celebrate his birthday. We take that as the evidence. Are we all together, brothers? If it was something he did, Wallahi, we would do it. Would we ever hesitate about it? We wouldn't. We've done it. We would be the first to go there and enjoy it. But he's leaving is our evidence. The fact that he, the fact that he left it, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that leaving is a. And I ask you guys a question. Pay attention to this point. Salatul Eidain, Dhuhr and Asr. Do they require the same thing that the other prayers need, which is to call the people together? Does it need it? Of course. Whatever is needed for Jum'ah and Dhuhr and Asr, are we all together, brothers? Is needed for the Eidain, which is to call the people together. Sure or false? To unite their people. Every reason that the Adhan and the Iqama is done is for Salat, Dhuhr and Asr and Maghrib is also present in the Eidain. The Prophet left it. Are we all together, brothers? So the, those who celebrate the Prophet's birthday, they say, we love the Prophet. The love was also present at the time of the Prophet. At that time, they loved him as well. They didn't do it. So what love is it new that's come now that wasn't present then? Are we all together? So what you need to remember, brothers, is this. This is a very important principle if you ever memorize. Which is, anything that the messenger leaves, Anything that the messenger leaves, he leaves it. And the need was there. The need was there, but he left it. We follow him in that leaving, alayhi salatu Does that make sense, brothers? Anything that the Prophet leaves. So the Adhan and the Iqama, did the Prophet leave it? For Salatul Eidain. Was the need there like it for the Adhan and the Iqama? Yes, there was. He left it, did we leave it? Does that make sense, brothers? Are we all together, brothers? 
based on that, you can't bring to me, what about the companions when they compiled the Mus'haf? I will say to you, the need was not there when the Prophet was alive. Are you with me, brothers? The compiling of the Mus'haf and the compiling of the Qur'an at the time of Uthman and the time of Abu Bakr, was the need there when the Prophet was alive? No. Why? Because he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's amongst them, he's between them. Any Qur'an that's needed, he comes and he will correct them. There's no need to compile the Qur'an. But when he died, the Huffad and the Qurra were dying, so the need to compile the Qur'an came. So let, again, let me repeat it again. Anything that the Messenger leaves, and the need is there, he left it and the need is there, we also, we leave it. But if he left something, and the need wasn't there, the need comes later, he left it. But the need wasn't there, the need came later, can we do it? How oh, we can do it? There's nothing wrong with that. Am I making sense here? Does that make sense, brothers? So the Jam'ul Mus'haf is this issue, right? This is the concept of the Jam' of the Mus'haf and many things that are brought after uh, the Prophet's life. Right, we were together. Also, compi- uh, bringing the people together on the what day? Salatu Tarawih. Salatu. Did he bring the people together, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He brought them for a period of time and he stopped. What was the reason why he stopped? There was a thing that was concerning him, which is that it would be legislated at his time and it, was, it would have been made a... Was that fear and was that concern at the time of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman? No. So remember that, brothers. We're now going to start Salatul Khawf, inshallah ta'ala. If, if I can get a group of brothers who can demonstrate, Abdul is going to be the Imam for them, inshallah. I need a group of brothers. I need, other than the Imam, I need, I need six. Ideally, okay, fadl. Come. Hayya. Now this time, I, I, want, I want adults. Hayya, fadl. You demonstrated. Hayya, two. I've got one, two, three. I've got, I need three more. Hayya, I've got you. Four. Hayya, bishalas. And you, and you. Okay, Abdul I'm going to show you Salatul Khawf, how to pray it, and then we're just going to read the matin, inshallah ta'ala. So, face away the Qibla. Away from the Qibla. You're the Imam. So you stand here, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, that's the limit. Okay, make a line here. Three pray here. And three, f- yeah, you can pray here as well. You come here. Face away. Face away. So, and you stand here. Allahu Akbar. So, all of you look at this, inshallah ta'ala. This is how Salatul Khawf is prayed. Okay? This is how Salatul Khawf is. The three at the ending are the muraqibun. They are the observers. This is the middle of the battle. Are we all together? And... These three, their job is to make sure that the fight doesn't start whilst they're praying. These three, on the other hand, they are praying with the Imam. Are we all together, brothers? So pray the first, so the salah are shortened. The salah is what? Dhuhr is for how much does it become? It becomes? And look how powerful this is, brothers. The jama'ah needs to be observed even in the, in the battlefield. Pray the first rak'ah. So you follow him in the first rak'ah. He prays the first rak'ah. He prays in the first rak'ah. Go to the, uh, before the stand. 
uh, so, so do this, you do the two sujudatain, so he does his two sujuds, what's he going to do after that? Stay in that position. So stay in the position before, Jalsatul Istara. Jalsatul Istaraha. Sit there. All of you guys, they all did that first rak'ah with him. The first rak'ah. Did they do it with him? You three stand up now. You stay in that position. He stays there. They finish off the second rak'ah by themselves. So pray the second rak'ah by yourselves. And then go to the tashahud. You guys do the taslim. You finish. Three of you finished. You three leave. You three come in. All together, you get now, get up for the first, second, second raga, and they pray the second raga with him. Are we all together, brothers? All three of you pray with him, and he leads them the second raga. He's the Imam. You all pray, and then go to the final tashahud. And all of you in the final tashahud, to slim all of you together, both parties they pray with the Imam. So, no, these people they have to finish off, they've got one raga left. Sorry. No, he does the show. He's finished. You guys have one, one rak'ah to finish off. Does everybody understand that? The Imam, the imam he, he stays in that position, the Jalsa al-Istiraha. You guys are? You're, um, now the question is, uh, what about if the enemy is not that direction, rather they are towards the Qibla direction? Okay? Now the second phase. Are we all together? The enemy are now all in the Qibla direction. So now all four, three of you turn around and face. Second way of praying now. This is called Istifa. Now they're in the middle of the battle. Hey, do what you did. Hey, you all pray. You all pray with him. You all pray with him. Yeah, you all. No, so, so, so they all pray with him. All of them. They pray with the Imam. But when he comes to the Sajda, these ones don't do it. They stay standing because the sajda was going to happen. The enemy can benefit from that opportunity. So they finish that first rak'ah with him. The same group, they finish the first rak'ah with him. They carry on the second rak'ah by themselves. These are still standing. They haven't gone to the sujood. Are we all together? So you guys get up. You do the second rak'ah by yourselves. They finish and they, they move out of the way for these ones. They come in. The second group of... And they carry on. They do their sujood and they catch up with the imam. From the sajda that he's in, sajda to istiraha, and they go up with him. And they do the second, second rak'ah with him. No, he, he will just hear the movements of the people. He will hear the movements of the people. Oh, does that make sense, brothers? No. Huh? Is there? The ones that are observing their job is if the fight happens, they are going to fight. Whereas the other ones are praying, they're going to carry their praying. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're wearing their armors and everything. Allah says in the ayah, وَإِذَا كُنْتُمْ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَلْتَكُمْ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْهُمْ مَعَكَ وَلْيَأْخُذُوا أَسْلِحَتَهُمْ So they have their weapons on them. فَإِذَا سَجَدُوا فَلْيَكُونُوا مِنْ وَرَائِمْ When they prostrate, these ones can't prostrate. What do they do? They just stand. They did the ruku', they done, but they don't do the sujood. They stand there watching. وَالْتَأْتِ طَائِفَةٌ أُخْرَ Then they swap after that. Are you with me, brothers? That's what the ayah is talking about in Surah An-Nisa. Does everyone understand? So, hey, read on our Salatul Khufi.
قد صلىها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على صفات مختلفة وكلها مجزية وإذا اشتد الخوف والتحم القتال صلىها الراجل والراكب ولو إلى غير القبلة ولو بالإيماء This time when the, the Qibla goes and the believers can't find the Qibla because, or they can but they can't do the Qibla because of the battle is too much in then they pray whichever situation that they're in We're now going to go into the Salatu Salatu Safari Salatu Safari means what? The prayer of the What is a traveler? Two things are connected to the traveler Duration and distance What is connected to a traveler? The duration of a a traveler and a what? Are we all together brothers? The scholars all have restricted a duration And they've also restricted a and there are a group of scholars who have chosen not to give a duration and also not to give a distance. And that is the strongest. That the traveler, he doesn't have a distance and he doesn't have a duration. Neither of them, there is no evidence for it to stop, to restrict it. So what does this concept go back to? It goes back to the urf. Whatever the people consider traveling, wherever they say this is traveling, it becomes what? Traveling. Are you with me brothers? Like for example, those brothers who are from the UK, from London, to sometimes go from West London to East London, you could actually go to Birmingham quicker than that. To go to East London, which is, which is within London, is actually faster. No, to go to Birmingham is faster than to go from West London to East London. And it's what? It's all it's London. No one would ever say to you, this is travelling. Are you with me, brothers? Does that make sense? For, okay, pay attention to this. Definitely, from you, for you to go to, from West London to East London is longer than from you West, West London and High Wycombe, which is 10, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, you'll get there. If you're on... And High Wycombe is what? It's outside London. I'm saying all of this because I'm used to UK. I'm not used to UAE. So I don't know an example I can give. Okay, brothers? But it's what the people consider traveling. It's not distance. Sometimes distance can be long and sometimes distance can be short. Are you with me, brothers? What's Jabal Ali is far, right? Jabal Ali, I, I always see it. It's, every, it's on every billboard, so I guess it's far. Sahih? It's very far, right? Is it easier to go to Jabal Ali or is it easier to go to Sharjah from here? Is it easier to go to Ajman from here or Jabal Ali? It's easy to go from Ajman, right? Is Ajman considered traveling? <laughs> Who considers? Because I always, I always get asked this question. I, I live in Ajman. And am, I, am I a traveler? And I say it goes back to the custom of the people. And I'm still not used to the custom of the people. So put up your hand if you believe Ajman is traveling. Hey, put your hand up if you believe Ajman is not traveling, Akhi. Take it easy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> My fatwa is Ajman is not traveling. <laughs> it goes back to the Urf. Well Urfun Ma'mulun bihi ida warat hukmumina shari sharifi lam yuhad. If the Shara hasn't given a definition to a term safar, what does it go back to? Urf. How long is travelling? The Sharia hasn't given no time to it. So it's unrestricted. A person can be a traveller for years. It can be a traveller for years. There's no shabari. Are you with me? Shaykh al-Islam this is the verdict that he gave 
And Shaykh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi said to the students of Medina, shorten for the six years that you're studying in the Jamia if you want to. Six years that you're a student in this University of Medina, Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Salih al Uthaymeen, he said, You're a traveler. And that view seems strongest to me, Wallahu a'la wa a'lam. But would I do it? Would I do it? Are you with me, brothers? Personally, I wouldn't shorten it. I wouldn't miss the Jama'ah, the Jum'ah. But is it permissible? If somebody chooses to do that, is he allowed to? In terms of Dalil, Wallahu, uh, Allah is my witness, that's what I believe in. You can't. And it doesn't have a restriction. And time is not a restriction. Time is not a time is not a restriction. The qasr is obligatory. The authors of the opinion that the qasr is what? It's wajib, you have to shorten it. And that it's not a what? It's not optional he's taking the hadith in bukhari and muslim awwalu ma furidat as-salatu rak'atayn rak'atayn fi al-hadri wa safari fa uqirrat as-salatu safari wa zida fi salat al-hadri so he's using the hadith he says awwalu ma furidat that which was made obligatory so he believes that when you're a traveler you have to shorten but the strongest opinion is that it's what it's a rukhsa rukhsa means what it's not wajib it's your choice ah ala man kharaja min baladihi qasidan lis-safar Whoever leaves his ballad, he leaves his place of residency to another place for traveling. Barid means nusf yawm, half a day. Even if it's half a day. Even if it's half a day. وَإِذَا قَامَ بِبَلَدٍ مُتَرَدِّدًا قَصَرَ إِلَىٰ عِشْرِينَ يَوْمًا ثُمَّ يُتِمْ If he keeps, he's a person who lives in, uh, he keeps going to Abu Dhabi, مثلا. Abu Dhabi is traveling. Everyone agrees Abu Dhabi is traveling. Ah. So Abu Dhabi, for example, a person every day he's going there. For, he keeps going back and forth, back and forth. The author says for 20 days he can do that. After that, no. He's now considered to be like a resident. But we said that this opinion is not. Uh, he's a travel for 20 years if he keeps going back and forth. 100 years if he lives for. He can shorten it. There's no tahdid. And to make a restriction, you need evidence for it. If a person makes the decision of staying in a place for 40 days, the author, rahimahullah, he said what? He has to complete the prayer. 40, sorry, days now. 40? Sorry, 4, 4, 4. So, if he makes the decision of 4 days, then he believes that your person has to Mm-hmm. The type of residency is two types. This is very beneficial for you. The residency is al-iqama al-mutlaqa. Al-iqama al-mutlaqa is a person comes to a place and he has in, he doesn't have in his mind any restricted day that he's going to leave. So I'll see how long I'm going to stay here. And the second one is is al-istitan. Al-istitan is when a person becomes a a muatin comes to country, this is his country now, national, they give you nationality, so this is, you're from us. Which of those makes your residence? Huh? When do you become a? Both, inshallah ta'ala, makes your residence. Both of them make you a? Resident. If a person comes to a country and says, I'm staying here for Allah, you know, I have no plan to leave, I'm staying here, then this may be a resident. Okay, and the second one is if a person says they give him a nationality and they say to him, Look, you're a national, here's your citizenship, you become a, then now you're a 
نعم ها but you're traveling that, that's not a problem like in the UAE how long have you pl- are you planning to stay somebody asked you said no I have no restriction I'm probably going to stay here for the rest of my life That's where you're from. Mm. You can shorten for the time that you're there now. Sahih. Any place that you're going to for a restricted time, you, sh- you, don't, you, don't, you shorten. Are you with me? If you have in your head that I'm only going to stay here for a period of time, you're not, you're a traveler. That period of time can be for as long as it wants, but it's restricted. Sah? Is it restricted in your head? Then you'll be, you'll become a tra- you're, you're a traveler. Are we all together, brothers? I'm going to be studying in a university here for a couple of years. Those couple of years, are they restricted for you? Yes, you're not a resident. But if you say, I'm coming to this place, I am not staying here with any restriction. I'll see how long I'm going to stay. You're a what? You're a resident. Or they gave you a nationality and they said to you, you are a what? Then, it's also a? Now. The person has the right to do what? He's able to do جمع التقديم and جمع التأخير What did we mention? جمع التقديم and جمع التقديم means what? He prays as he brings asr to the time of dhuhr And the other one is He takes dhuhr to the time of He can do that And the prayers that you shorten are what? Dhuhr and asr Maghrib and Isha has everyone understood the kitab? Huh? Ah, you don't shorten. Did I say shorten? Ah, Maghrib you don't shorten. Maghrib is three. That's the shortest it can be. Okay? The only ones that you shorten is what? Dhuhr, Asr, and? Isha. The ones that are four. Huh? You can make that. No, when you're there, when you go, when you leave where you're from, you have to leave where you're, you're living at. Now, Now we're gonna go into the salat of the salat of kusufain. What's the salat of kusufain? It's the solar and the linear and the lunar, sorry, and the lunar eclipse. So one is the solar is what the sun, and the other one is. The lunar eclipse is the moon. Both of them the author is talking about. The, uh, the chapter of Kusufain is legislated based on the Prophet's statement in the the sun and the moon. لا ينكسفان لموت أحد The eclipse doesn't happen because someone died. فإذا رأيتموها if you see it. فإذا رأيتموهما if you see both of them. فصلوا pray. وادعوا حتى يكشف ما بكم Pray, so Allah removes this from you. So you pray. Naam. Hiya sunnah. It's a sunnah by ijma'ah. Sunnah mu'akada, as Imam al-Nawi mentions, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his majmu'ah, sharh al-muhazzab. He says, salatul kusuf al-shams wal-qamar, sunnah mu'akada. Bil ijma'ah, by consensus. Naam. Wa'asah ma warada fi sifatiha rak'atani fi kulli rak'ati ruku'an. The author here mentions the most authentic that has come to us regarding it is that في كل ركعة in every ركعة there is what two ركوع every ركعة there's how many 
two ruku' and some have mentioned three and some have mentioned four and some have mentioned five so how many how many views did he mention two three four and this is based on the hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim in hadith Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha naam yaqra'u bayna kulli ruku'ayni ma tayassara wa warada fi kulli rak'ati ruku' he can he reads between every ruku' you know as much as he can also, it's also transmitted that every rak'ah has just one ruku', no more than that. What is recommended for the person to do is a dua, a lot of supplication, takbir, saying Allahu Akbar, and tasadduq, charity, and also istighfar, asking Allah Taala for forgiveness. This is based on the hadith. That Al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated in Hadith Abi Musa al-Ash'ari. Naam. Babu Salat al-Istisqa. Now we're going to go to Salat al-Istisqa. Salat al-Istisqa is Talab al-Suqya. What are you asking Allah? Rain. From Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala when? Inda Qahti al-Matar. When there's no rain. And the evidence for this is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he did it. In the Hadith narrated by Bukhari and Muslim من حديث أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه نعم. يسن عند الجذب ركعتان بعدهما خطبة تتضمن التذكير والترغيب في الطاعة والزجر عن المعصية ويستكثر الإمام ومن معه من الاستغفار والدعاء برفع الجذب The author mentioned four things are recommended for the people to do Number one, reminder Number two urging the people to return in obedience to Allah عز وجل Number three, urging the people to what? To restrain from disobedience of Allah Azza wa Jalla. And also asking Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And also, sorry, five, the fifth one is, And that the people, they make dua to Allah Azza wa Jalla that He removes from them what? That he remo- removes from them the uh, the uh, the drought that they are in, and this is based on the hadith that Abu Huraira narrated, and that the Prophet used to do khutbah this day, and he would do those things, those five that we mentioned. He would re- give a reminder. He would urge the people to be in obedience to Allah Azza wa Jalla. He would demand the people, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to restrain from disobedience of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Three. For he would tell them to um, ask Allah forgiveness, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And five, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would make dua and supplicate to Allah wa ta'ala to remove from them the, um, the drought. Naam. And it's highly recommended to raise the hands in the day of this salatul istisqa. It's sunnah, you raise your hands. And your hands should rise as high as possible because of the need that the people have. So you raise your hand very high. Naam. This day the people should take, put their clothes inside out. So you don't wear your clothes the way that you normally wear it. You turn over the garment inside out. This is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Reason is because you're meant to express humiliation. Belittle yourself for Allah tabarakah. Uh, 
لكن هي the question is we know that the prophet did it this is one issue I hold dear which is when the prophet he turned in and out his clothing that's correct but the narration doesn't mention that the companions did it are we all together? so the imam doing it we have evidence for that but do we have evidence for the ma'mumin doing it? I haven't come across the evidence so if any one of you have it would be nice to bring it to my attention inshallah ta'ala and based on that um, we have finished the kitab we have finished kitab al-salah uh, of the uh, kitab al-salah from the book al-durar al-bahiyya fil masail al-fiqhiyya written by al-imam Muhammad ibn Ali al-shawkani rahimahullah I just want to conclude today's session with a quick reminder 5-10 minutes reminder inshallah ta'ala I just want to say alhamdulillah we started a 15 days okay we started we started 15 days dawra ilmiyah dawra ilmiyah an intensive course and alhamdulillah we managed to do and touch on 10 books we managed to not finish only one but the overwhelming majority of the other books we finished to be honest, when I was preparing my notes and I was looking at the book and I was, look, I was like, subhanAllah, am I going to be able to go through all of this with this? Are they going to be able to take it? How is the response going to be? Are they? But you all proved, alhamdulillah, that you're capable. And the emails that I received from after the Dora, oh, sorry, whilst the Dora was going on, hundreds of emails. I'm not exaggerating. People email me a lot. I didn't even get time to finish some. A lot, I couldn't read the emails, let alone to respond to it. People asking me very good questions, knowledge-based questions. Generally, a lot of the emails are emotional questions. But this was knowledge. You can see that the Dora people had. They've learned something to ask these kind of questions. People sending me researches that they done on issues that they didn't agree with me. It was an amazing uh, emails that I received. And some students bullied me in not doing a jurumiyah. <laughs> and they said, don't do a jurumiyah, please. We don't want to do it, you know, another time. But what I want to say to you, brothers, is five things, five points, are things that are going to taint your heart. Five things that are going to make your heart dark and dull. And those five things that are going to make your heart dark and dull. Five things that are going to make your heart Dark and dull. Fudulul kalam. Talking too much. Fudulu. Fudulul kalami. Talking too much. The second thing is Fudulu al-ta'am. Eating too much. The third thing that's going to taint your heart is Fudulul manam. Sleeping too much. The first one is Fudulul kalam. Talking too much. The second one is Fudulul Kalam, talking too much, uh, eating too much. Eating too much. Three is Fudulul Ta'am, Fudulul Manam, sleeping a lot. And the fourth is Tarku, leaving off, pondering on the two ayat, Ayatul Kawni and Ayatul Shara'iya, the universal signs and the Quran. The universal signs and the legislational signs. The uni- looking at what's around you and everything. And also what? The Quran, leaving of pondering on it. 
and last but not least katratu mukhalatatin nas mixing with the people too much always be with people always these five you're mixing with people too much that you don't have khalawat lonely time with yourself these five will make your heart dark and dull and it will stop you from receiving khayr each and every one of them muhadara can be done on it a lecture can be done on it I also want to say to you brothers all of these books that we did they were just the beginners they were the beginner books every science I'm going to go over it very fast anyone who wants to record it on his phone can do it because I don't have much time so I'm going to mention the books fast anyone who wants to record it can record it I'm going to mention every science the first book that you need to do to the last book I'm going to mention it fast and then anyone who has it can share it with the rest of the students the first science is grammar I urge every one of you to do ajrumiya once you finish ajrumiya you do mutammimatul ajrumiya once you finish that you go falamiyatul af'al once you finish that you go faqatrun nada wa ballu sada ibn hisham al-ansari and then after that you go for alfiyatul malik khulasa by abu abdullah jamaluddin ibn malik rahimahullah ta'ala you've done grammar and you've done sarf the second science is balagha rhetoric the person should study the kitab Uqudul Jumman by Jalaluddin al-Suyuti. The second book that they should do is Al-Jawhur uh, al-Maknun by Al-Akhdari, which has the three types of balagha, Ilmul Bayan, Ilmul Badi' and Ilmul Ma'ani. The third science that I say is Usul al-Fiqh. Usul al-Fiqh we did Al-Waraqat by Abi Ma'ali al-Juwaini. The second book that I urge you to do is Maqa'id al-Fusul. The third book I advise you to do is Rawdatul Nadir wa Jannatul Munadir. The fourth big book that I tell you to do is Maraqis Su'ud Limubtaghir Ruqiyi Was Su'ud Qawaid Al-Fiqiyya The books that I urge you to do is The Kitab Al-Qawaid Al-Fiqiyya Written by Abdurrahman ibn Nasir Al-Si'di The one we did after it You should do the Kitab Al-Faraid Al-Bahiyya Al-Faraid Al-Bahiyya Then Aqeedah you should do Al-Wasatiyya, Al-Hamawiyya, Al-Tadmuriyya, and Al-Tahawiyya. Tawheed, I urge you to do Thalathatul Usul, Qawaid Al-Arba' Kashf Al-Shubuhat Al-Kitab Al-Tawheed. What subject left? Hadith, you should do Arba'oon Al-Nawiyya Ma'a Ziyadat Al-Rajabiyya, Umdatul Ahkam, Riyadh Al-Salihin, and Bulugh Al-Maram. Any other subject? Mustalah Al-Hadith. Do Al-Bayquniyya, Nukhbatul Fikr, Iqtisar Ulum Al-Hadith, and Al-Fiyyatul Iraqi. Seerah, do Urjuzatul Mi'iyya, Fi Dhikri Hali Ashrafil Bariyya. And the second book that you should do is Al-Fiyyatul Seerah by Iraqi Rahimahullah. What's left? Ulum Al-Quran. Let's break Ulum Al-Quran into types. Tajweed. Tajweed, you do Tuhfatul Atfal and Muqaddimatul Jazariya. Usul al-Tafsir, you do the one we did, Nutaymiyah's Usul al-Tafsir, and the second kitab that you do is Manzumatu al-Zamzami. What do you do? Manzumatu al-Zamzami. Or you could do the Nuqaya by Suyuti and then the Manzumatu al-Zamzami. Any other, any other science that I've never mentioned? Huh? Like, okay, students of knowledge, book, you should do the Ta'adim al-Ilm 
after that you should do the wasiyah by Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri and then after that you should do Mandumatu Adab Ibn Abdul Qawi al-Mardawi rahimahullah any other subject? Fiqh I only know Shafi'i Fiqh al-Shafi'i you do Matna Abi Shuja' once you finish it you go for Yaqut al-Nafis once you finish it you go as Zubad by Ibn Raslan once you finish it you do Umdatu Salik wa Uddatu Nasik Ibn Naqib al-Misri once you finish that, then you go for the minhaj of Imam al-Nawi, rahimahullah. If you finish that and you reach there, then go for the irshad uh, by Ibn Mukri. Abu Bakr ibn Mukri. Tafsir. Tafsir, a person should read Abdurrahman Nasir al-Sa'di's tafsir. Tafsiru kalam al-Rahman fi tafsiri kalam al-Mannan. And then once the person's done that, then they should read tafsir mul-Kathir, rahimahullah ta'ala. Or you can take Baghawi first, his Ma'alim al-Tanzil, and then tafsir mul-Kathir. Any other subject? Qiraat. The person should do the Hirzul Amani wa Wajhu Tahani by Abu Qasim ibn Firruh al-Shatibi. Ibn Firruh al-Shatibi, rahimahullah. He's Hirzul Amani wa Wajhu Tahani. Once the person finishes that, then they should do the Tayyibatul Nashr, which is the three remaining from the Qiraat of al-Shatibi. Any other science? And ulum al-Qur'an in total, the person should do mutala'a and read the kitab al-itqan fi ulum al-Qur'an by Jalaluddin al-Suyuti. Any other subject? Huh? Not to haqiq lasan nasa. Huh? The Arabic language, you mentioned three subjects for it that are important. Oh yeah, adab al-lugha, Arabic literature. The person should read Lamiyat al-Arab by Shanfara. Once they've read Lamiyat al-Arab, then the person should read Mu'allaqat al-Ashara Mu'allaqat al-Ashara And then after that you should try to read Maqamat al-Hariri The Maqamat al-Hariri Any other subject left? Huh? The dua The person should read The Husn al-Muslim By Muhammad ibn Sa'id ibn Wahf al-Qahtani And once he's finished that He should look at the Kalim al-Tayyib By who? by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala with the sharah of Badruddin al-Ayni. Any other subject? Huh? The Ash'ar al-Arab will fall under the Adab al-Lugha. Shanfara, Islamiyat al-Arab, Maqamat al-Hariri, and the Mu'alaqat al-Ashara. Huh? The Tarajim of Ahl al-Ilm, the biography of the people of knowledge. Yeah, go through Seer Alam al-Nubala. Go through the Seer Alam. I think that's, that's what makes a student of knowledge. All of those books which I mentioned, a student of knowledge should have studied it all with a teacher. And they should have memorized a lot of them. I ask Allah wa Ta'ala, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that He doesn't make this a, the first time, that Allah makes it many more times like this. We can go through more books, inshallah ta'ala.